Welcome back to Season 2 of the ACES Podcast. In this brand new episode, I share a conversation with Deakin PhD candidate Carolina Bernaka. We talk about her passion for science, living and studying in Europe and now Australia, her PhD project, her success in last year's climate launchpad competition, and much more. So with that said, let's get to the podcast. And before we do, if you'd like to listen to more episodes like this one, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to our chat. So I'm chatting with Deakin PhD candidate, Carolina Bernaka. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Sam, for having me today. My pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. We're back for season two of the ACES podcast. So you're my first guest uh, for 2021. So uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that said, let's get straight into it because we've got lots to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, you're down in Melbourne. I'm up in Wollongong, close to Sydney. How's life been for you this year going into 2021? Obviously, we're starting to get used to this whole situation. You guys are back in the labs, I, I believe, and there's a bit more flexibility now. Yeah, now it's coming back slowly to normal. So we still have um, some restrictions and we have to make some bookings before going to the labs, but it's getting easier and easier. Um, so this year is definitely better and easier to work than the previous year. Well, that's good to hear. And you've obviously seen like both sides of it during your PhD before sort of COVID hit and now after. Yeah. How's, um, and we'll get into your PhD in a moment, but how's that sort of, been juggling a PhD during the last, you know, I guess, 12 months? Yeah. Um, at the beginning, it was challenging to adjust because we were just in lockdown and you are trying to be productive, but you don't know how to be productive because you cannot focus at home. But then I guess with time, you slowly adapt and you get into your routine. Uh, for me, in the end of last year, I was really happy to be working from home. And I found this even more productive than before. So I guess that it was a good learning for now because now uh, mostly I'm going to the labs for two, maybe three days a week only to do experiments and then all the data analysis and writing papers I'm doing from home, which is better. Right, well, we'll get into your PhD in a moment, but firstly, I wanted to sort of ask why science and why you decided to study uh, what you're doing. Um, why science? Because I was always interested how the things around us, how do they work and why do they, why do they work in the way that they are working? Um, also, both of my parents, they are, they are engineers. So in my home, it was always a kind of scientific, you know, way of doing things and thinking, which was nice. Um, so yeah, it was from childhood and I was always enjoying this. Great. And what did you do for your undergraduate? Um, so at the beginning, uh, my background is Polish. I did my bachelor in Poland. Um, that was in chemical technology. And during the last semester, I get to know lithium batteries. So I started working on lithium batteries, electrolytes for lithium batteries. Um, and then I started doing my master, same in Poland, in Warsaw University of Technology. But with time, I realized that um, it's just a bit of the repetition from the bachelor degree. So I started looking for something different. And then I found um, a master degree, uh, which was European master degree based in France. 
and that's what I applied for. Uh, I quit my Polish master and I shifted to French master, which is called Materials for Energy Storage and Conversion. Um, during this master, it was pretty cool because each semester took place in, in different in different country, in different city. Um, so the final semester, I came to Deakin, Australia, and that's how I met everyone. And that's how later I decided to do my PhD here. You are today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are you originally from Warsaw? No, um, my hometown is around 200 kilometers from Warsaw, but I was studying and living in Warsaw. All oh, right, I've been to Warsaw actually. Did you enjoy? So, I did. I did. I was there in winter. It was uh, really cold. <laughs> very cold. Yeah, my <laughs> so, hometown is even colder. It's very cold. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> lots of I, snow. There was lots of snow. Yes, yeah. I'd like to go back in uh, in summer and experience it when it's slightly warmer as <laughs> as well. Did you go to Krakow? I didn't know. No, I just went to Warsaw and I went to. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Gdansk. Gdańsk, yeah. Gdańsk? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got some family friends over there, so I went to visit. Mm. Um, but yeah, I loved um loved Poland. It was great. I'd like to go back. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to hear this. <laughs> uh, and sort of speaking of you know Poland, and then you mentioned France and now Australia. How did you go moving from Poland to France now Australia? Obviously, very different, and I'm assuming very different learning environments too. Yeah. Um. So. The shift Poland to France uh, was the most difficult was the language because so my studies were in English. My English was fine, but I never studied English. So that was the most difficult part, learning all the things in English. And then um, also I was alone in the country that I didn't speak the language and I didn't understand the culture well. Um, but I was lucky because uh, it was only eight of us during my master's. So in the end, we were like family because each of us was from different places, different countries. So there was a Mexican guy, a Turkish guy, a Korean girl, and each of us was in the same situation. And each of us was just starting the English learning experience situation, which made things easier. Um, in the end, it was amazing experience for which I'm really grateful and I'm missing Europe a lot. Uh, then moving to Australia uh, for six months during internship was very nice. It was amazing uh, seeing all the culture, people, the work environment, um, the way of things that they are done here. I really like this. Um, but then when I moved here for my PhD, it was a big challenge because I realized how far away I'm from my family and from my friends and that felt a bit um, overwhelming at the beginning um, so it was a period of time that I was considering leaving everything and going back to Europe but now with time I adjusted and I really like being here and I think that the way that like I said the work environment it's really nice it's really supportive it's really I love I love this I really like this I think that that's that's something that Europe needs to work on still. <laughs> so let's get a little bit more into your PhD. Could you tell the listeners what you're doing for that? Um, so during my PhD, I'm working on one of the parts of batteries, which is called electrolyte. Um, that part is mostly responsible for safety of the batteries. Um, in my PhD, I'm focusing on sodium batteries, which is um, alternative to most commonly, nowadays most commonly used um, lithium-ion batteries. Um, 
that's what I'm working on developing of a safe and um, safe and also environmentally friendly electrolyte for sodium battery application. So we are focusing now on sodium um, because there is some issues with lithium, such as that resources are limited and also the price might increase soon. So what we are trying to do, we are trying to ease this imbalance that we might face. And now more and more people, they are working on sodium ion technology and technology is finally getting mature enough to get also to the market. Great. And being down at Deakin, obviously there's lots of experts within that sort of area, that battery sort yeah. of research area. How have you found sort of bouncing ideas off people and, um, you know, being able to, I guess, collaborate with your peers and um, uh, um, supervisors? It's just amazing because, um, like you said, people at Deakin, they are, they are very well experienced in the batteries and the knowledge is incredible that they are having and the network also. Um, it's really nice uh, collaborating with different people and also and working also. So um, we work in the end at IFM at Dikin. We just work as a team. So we collaborate a lot between us, different PhD projects. We are exchanging, we are helping each other. And that's really nice because you can learn a lot um, also because each of us is from different, um, different we have different background, different experience, and that is something that we can, you know, learn from each other. And you were also involved in the Climate Launchpad competition last year. Could you tell us a little bit about how that came about and um, a little bit more about it? Yeah, so luckily last year, um, because of COVID, we had a bit more time to do other stuff. <laughs> and my supervisor, Professor Maria Forsyth, she encouraged myself and three other female researchers to take part in Climate Launchpad competition. Uh, so the competition was about um, developing a green business idea um, and then uh, pitching the idea and working on this more and um, doing all that. So we were having different workshops and then we were having different levels of the competition. Um, myself and three other girls, uh, we, we have the idea around uh, sodium ion batteries for mobility application uh, to Indonesian market. And yeah, we are still working on this. So um, it's pretty cool because no one expected at the beginning that it will turn out like this. At the beginning, it was just the exercise, just you know, just to practice something different than we are doing for the PhD to 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 see things outside of the box and to expand our knowledge. But in the end, it's something that it's real, and we are now working on this, which is great. Yeah, and you guys were very successful in that competition. I remember speaking to you last year. Um, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about um, Eleven Store, which is what you guys, I guess, um, founded? Yeah. So. Um, as mentioned, 11 Store is aiming to, to develop, to deliver sustainable and cheap sodium ion batteries for mobility application in Indonesia. We chose Indonesia because this is the third largest scooter market globally. And also now the government um, is working on clean energy transition. So they are considering more and more putting different um, battery manufacturers, uh, putting more electric uh, vehicles, uh, using more renewable energy. So that's a good timing for us to do. Um, what we are currently doing um, um, now, I'm planning, now we are trying to build a business case for 11 store 
And I was also lucky enough to have support of um, Professor Maria Forsyth, who agree uh, with Dickin to include the business case of 11SOR as part of my PhD thesis. So that's something what I'm doing now. Um, I'm doing now market research. I'm trying to understand the market. I'm talking with different people uh, in Indonesia and also in Australia and trying to find the, the needs and the, the price point and what's happening there, which is really nice. It's really interesting, you know, it's something different. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you what you sort of anticipate next after your PhD, but I don't know, is 11 store maybe something that you're hoping will be able to grow so you can sort of just, I guess, put everything into that once you've finished your PhD? Um, I'm hoping, yes, definitely. I hope that it will work, but I also know uh, that it's very complex uh, idea. So even if it, it, if it won't work, I'm not considering that if it uh, that it won't work because anyway it will work if I do the business case I will learn a lot and then this learning I can apply to to many others uh, you know situations so I'm happy to do this um, after PhD I'm still not sure uh, definitely I want to shift a bit more towards industry and business but I want to use my scientific uh, knowledge that I that I gained during all the studies that I did in PhD also. Yeah, and would you ideally want to stay in Melbourne or would you want to move back to Europe? Um, at the beginning, I was thinking, I was always aiming to go back to Europe, but now considering the COVID situation and all the mess that's happening there, I'm not sure if this is a mm. good idea to do this. And also seeing how well now Australia is progressing with all the battery industry and other energy industries is amazing because I think that this is for me perfect timing to be in. And I'm hoping that I can use this as much as possible. I'm not sure if Melbourne or other city in Australia. I've, I think that Melbourne, I like Melbourne a lot. I think that it's a great city to live in with many different stuff happening around and different cultures. And I like. I can highly recommend Wollongong as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. <laughs> and the weather is better. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit small in Melbourne there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've spoken about your PhD so how close to finishing that are you now I'm on my I just started my last year um, and probably it will be one maybe one and a half year to go to finish my PhD so pretty close yes <laughs> <laughs> so We've spoken a lot about your research and about, I guess, science and um, your background. How about um, life outside of work, outside of the labs? What do you like to do in your downtime? Obviously, it's been a little bit tougher last year to be able to yeah. um, do a whole lot. But yeah, how do you spend your spare time? Um, actually, last year taught me a lot because I learned how to spend time without, you know, all the things being open and I think it's nice because now I, I'm staying more grounded and I know more how to manage my time and I really enjoy doing this. I love going for long walks and my partner has a two beautiful dogs and playing with them and going out, seeing friends, you know, all this stuff I just uh, appreciate more that I was doing before, which, which is really nice. Besides this, I really like reading books and, you know, that's what I'm doing usually. So I ask this to everyone that I get on, 
But I'm wondering if you have some sort of morning routine. I mean, you might have mentioned it there, going for a walk, something like that, that you do um, every single day that just sort of helps you um, approach your research and approach a, a day of work. Yeah, what I'm doing usually in the morning and also I'm trying in the evening is I have a diary next to my bed and I'm trying every day to just point out very quickly three points that I'm grateful for and three points that I'm planning, I'm hoping to achieve during this day. And that's something that helps me to organize my thoughts and also to be better, you know, happier for the day and when I finish my day. So I'm wondering if you weren't, doing uh what you're currently doing now if you weren't researching um and weren't in science what do you think you you might be doing oh i'm not sure but <laughs> i think that um that would be something connected with the human behavior that's something that i'm really interested in and i always wanted to be like a psychologist but um that's more like humanistic studies not scientific studies that's why i never consider this but now as the time is passing I'm, I'm I'm finding this really interesting and that's also the readings that I'm usually doing yeah it seems like you've made the right decision you're obviously going very well especially with <laughs> Eleven store now and um, all the success you've had um, before even finishing a PhD so well done with um yeah, everything Thank so you. far uh, just to finish up I'm wondering if you've got any advice for maybe any PhD students that have just started out or maybe someone who's thinking about starting a PhD? Um, my advice would be don't stress too much and don't overthink and overwork too much because that's what happened to me during the first year. I was really stressed. The things never, almost never works like we want them to work. There is always something that is not working, that is booked, that it's, you cannot do this the exactly way that you plan to do this. So I think that considering um, and knowing that things not always work the way that you want them to work, it's something that people should do more because then it's just unhelpful and unhealthy for them to get frustrated and irritated and then it goes more and more. So definitely just take a deep breath and everything will be fine. And PhD, it's a great experience and we should enjoy this. Okay, well, thanks for the advice and thanks for appearing on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to catch up. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for listening to the ACES podcast. For more episodes like this one, be sure to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also find more information about ACES on our website, electromaterials.edu.au. There you'll find links to our various social media platforms. And you can also follow me on Twitter, at Samuel Finlay. Until next time, thanks for listening.